0: Welcome to the Evolve WMMA podcast, where we feature women who inspire, empower, and unleash excellence within a new generation of female warriors as they rise and evolve into the best possible versions of themselves through the power of mixed martial arts. Hey, 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 this is Evolve WMMA, and I'm your host, Shelley Devine. So this week's guest is from Tel Aviv, Israel. And as she puts it, brace yourselves, war is coming. She will enter the Bellator cage to face featherweight fighter Cindy Gandois on November 9th. Only one will come out victorious. I'd like to welcome to the show, undefeated featherweight, big bad Olga Rubin. Hi, hello hey how are you welcome to the show thank you thank you so much for having me oh this is awesome i'm glad we could finally get it you know, to, to I know you're like six hours uh ahead of me so you're at dinner time this is the morning and other times that we were trying to connect it was like it would be like 3 a.m for me and i would be getting up at four to get ready for work <laughs> So I was like, "This is gonna work." So I'm so thankful that you could come on today.
1: Yeah, it's it's really hard to. Uh... <laughs> it's so cool that we can do this. Though. No problem. Well, you there. Okay, yeah, I'm here. Okay, I'm here.
0: All right, so um, there we go. Good. All right. <laughs> so this is so awesome that we can do this. I mean, you're in Israel. You're. I mean, I'm in the U- U.S. You're. You know, we're able to communicate this way. This is so awesome that we can get an interview in.
1: Thank God for technology. It's yeah. So much easier this way.
0: Right. So, how's your son? You said he wasn't feeling well.
1: Yeah, you have. He has this day uh, that doesn't feel well, and the next day he feels amazing. So you can never know. So How he just old- had a small fever and is fine now. How old is he? He's two and a half. Oh, so you got a little baby boy. You have. I mean, like. Yeah, he's not a baby anymore. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't feel like a baby anymore. he's He's a grown man
0: (laughs) (laughs) he's making you uh, chase after him I bet a lot
1: yeah he's very fast yeah so
0: Olga tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into mixed martial arts
1: well I've actually started mixed martial arts when I was uh, 22 going on 23 Um, I actually didn't feel like uh, I had some kind of path in life you know I mean I was uh, pretty much of a party girl and I just got married and we started like finding our route like to, towards like uh, happiness together. And then I just saw this uh, fight between Misha Tate and Ron Rousey uh, at Strikeforce mm-hmm. and it kind of captivated me. I was just like, what are they doing? What's going on inside of that? And I immediately decided that this is what I'm going to do with no, you know, um, Basically, no knowledge of uh, any mixed martial arts, any martial arts. Wow. So um, I just started from there.
0: That's amazing. She, uh, that fight inspired a lot of women. That's for sure. Inspired so many women. And it was, you know, it was televised, you know. So it reached a lot of women in other yeah. countries, you know, cause the guys were already watching the UFC, um, you know, worldwide, it was pretty much worldwide. So um, for you to be able to see that all the way over in Israel and be captivated and decide that you want to get into this. But um, did you have to do, this is one of the questions I wanted, did you have to do Krav Maga being, you know, living in Israel and stuff? Did you have to learn and train
1: in that at all as a young adult? Well. Basically, because I was a k- kind of a troubled teen, um, I didn't serve the army. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to the army. And my mom actually started uh, thinking of moving to the UK. At mm-hmm. the same time, I was supposed to go to the army. So mm-hmm. we decided I'm not going to go. Uh, and I'm going to move to UK with her. Ah. So uh, I did not do any Krav Maga when I was uh, a mm. you know, teenager.
0: Yeah.
1: I did take a couple of Krav Maga uh, classes when I was already you know, uh, doing MMA. Just you know, add some more uh, some more spice in that.
0: Yeah. So did your did your mom not want you to join the art? Have to go through that, mm-hmm. or was it just it just worked out
1: that way? It just worked out that way. Um. Again, I was really troubled. Um. I I didn't think I could be uh, in a place to serve anybody mm-hmm. at this moment. Uh. I was drinking a lot. I had anorexia. I was kind of like imbalanced. Uh-huh. But um yeah it just didn't work out didn't work out for me serving the army
0: yeah well and then and then you got involved in martial arts though too so i mean you it was gonna hit you one way or the
1: other i guess yeah
0: (laughs) yeah oh it seems like it i mean you have the opportunity where you lived in in your country and and then actually
1: really enjoy krav maga it's really fun it's like unleash your beast
0: yeah yeah exactly so I mean like when you saw that in um, that fight with Ronda Rousey and, and Misha Tate when, when you were inspired by that how did you you know like decide that oh wow I have this you know this killer instinct you know like I want to get in a cage and 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 actually fight what what came over you that you decided that that was something that you wanted to do
1: I I'm not I'm not quite sure I always uh, always thought of myself being quite aggressive Mm -hmm. But it was never unleashed. I was really, you know, um, Mm. passive aggressive. I was really Mm. crying a lot and I didn't know how to take it out. But suddenly I saw this pure domination inside a cage of two women just going at it. And I was like, okay, this could be a great opportunity for me to actually feel true to myself. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, I was just captivated.
0: Yeah. Can you recall some instances prior to seeing that that you felt like you were you were physically, you know, wanted to kind of, you know, release that kind of, you know, impulse. Like, I mean, men typically are allowed to do that. And the reason why I'm going into this is like, so other women can hear that there, there is a part in women that um, are extremely aggressive and can be violent and it's okay. Exactly. Still can't get their head around what you do. And, and I mean, I've been involved in martial arts, but I didn't get into it until later in life. And I I knew I had some capacity. You know, I always wanted to, you know, women talk about being a badass. And I'm like, okay, you really want to know what a badass is? Is do what these women are doing. They're the badasses. Plus they're being moms, plus they're working other jobs just to be able to fight and do what they're doing unless they have a really good contract with uh, you know, a, a top quality promotion company. So um I, I just, you know, I, I it cracks me up when, when women do say that they're a badass when they go out and they do some of these other things. But I'm like, really identify this other aspect of yourself, this killer, this fight or flight instinct, and that you're you're in the cage and you're
1: like actually dealing with it. Right? Yeah, exactly. I couldn't say that any better. <laughs> uh, you do have this killer instinct in you. Um, and... But it is sportive, you know. It it became a sport for me. Mm. It's uh, I, I'm a completely calm and like non-aggressive person when it has to do with my everyday life. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm a full-time mom. I coach. I coach kids. I'm a very calm and non-aggressive person. And then I have the opportunity to go inside my training facility and just work. Mm-hmm. And then this work goes into the cage, and I can really have fun with it
0: yeah and it's real physical work too it, it, there's there's got to be a, a kind of a joy in in the physicality of it because you get results you get you get physical results within your body you had mentioned earlier is it okay that we talk about the anorexia anorexia yeah yeah of course yeah um, so you had said you you know when you were younger and a lot of a lot of young girls deal with with this or bulimia and and then too you're you're now Um, you know, being a fighter, do you have to cut weight? Or are you natural? Yeah, so you cut weight. So you're still dealing with that kind of, okay, how do I manage it in a healthy way, this weight loss and this weight cut, and then be nor, you know, how did you how did you manage that in your life, you know, dealing with the anorexia, and then going into the fight world, and getting healthy and healthy minded and doing it appropriately where you're cutting weight in you know,
1: it's it's actually really interesting. I've never thought about this before. It's, it's amazing you're, you know, asking me those questions. makes me really think, uh, like, deep inside. Um, I started uh, MMA. I was already starting to, you know, build some muscle.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's,
1: it made me feel good about myself, actually. Um, it made me be very, very happy with my body. So even when I'm uh, bulking up and I'm trying to gain some more muscles, uh, you know, between fights, um, it feels okay. It doesn't feel like I'm overly controlling my portions or um, I'm just constantly eating healthy, eating proper meals. And when I'm cutting weight, it just, this doesn't kick in. It's, it's amazing. Just, I may, I, I'm a professional. I need to make sure that I'm on weight, but it has to be in a healthy weight. Yeah. Because I need to go inside the cage and then perform. Because if I'm not well, I won't perform well. So uh, it kind of just never kicks in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But thanks. I am very happy with my body right now. I've never felt so like confident about it. That's
0: awesome. So there was a mindset shift, it sounds like. Exactly. And yeah. Like uh, you just changed percept- perspectives and you were able to be yourself. You, you, I mean, you, just a few minutes ago, you had said, you know, I could get into the into this and and really release a real part of me, like you know, training in in mixed martial arts, and and you, it sounds like you have a sense of comfort and satisfaction in in that. Yeah, yeah,
1: I'm extremely. I feel like I'm doing exactly what I was intent to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a bit pity that I started it very uh, very late in my life. I I wanted to start it earlier on, but. Yeah. I'm really happy where, where I am right now.
0: Yeah. You're, you're very blessed in, in the sense that you have the opportunity to actually perform uh, in, in a, in a top level promotion because you do have, oh, a yeah. coming up uh, at Bellator, you're finding Cindy Dandois, who's, who's uh, been around for a bit. She's got, she's 12 and something. And you, you're, you're on un- three. Yeah. 12 and three. And you're undefeated. And, um, what do you attribute your, your undefeated
1: record and your success to? I'm really a hard worker. I, I'm really going one step at a time, and I'm trying to make sure that everything I do is to get better. And I'm very tenacious mm. and hard worker. So when I want something, I'm going to get it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think I had most options of just dropping out of fights and not fighting or like having excuses why I wasn't, You know performing well enough but it's not just to get better
0: Mm
1: -hmm. i didn't go step in the cage for the first time in my life uh six months after i had my baby so when i knew that bellator is coming to israel i said like no no way i'm not going to be inside that cage so like i had Mm -hmm. to like lose 20 kilos in a couple of months and i had to i I was breastfeeding and i was 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 like um, a new mom
0: yeah I mean, the, the physical changes in your body. I mean, dealing even with all that, uh, you know, and uh, you delivered the baby naturally, I'm taking it, because if you had a C-section, yeah. that you wouldn't have been able to do that.
1: Thank um, God I, I had the opportunity yeah. to do so.
0: Yeah. I mean, that to me, in, a, in and of itself, that women, and there's several other women that have had ch- children, and then they, they fight like, you know, a few months later after they have their kid. And I'm like... How do they do that? And I and mean, you know it is
1: it is extreme and it is crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy and it is extreme. And I, and I would not recommend it to to any person, right? Yeah. I was just like thinking, I'm 27, I have to start my career now, otherwise this is not going to happen. Right. So I had to jump on the on the opportunity and just not look back. But otherwise, I would advise women to take their time getting back to the shape because it's it's a, the healthy way to do so.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I got to think, I mean, you're, you're training too while you're pregnant and if you have any issues, I mean, you, you must be in touch. I mean, what, what was, what I got to ask because it's like, what was the scenario? Like, I mean, you found out you're pregnant and then you're like, okay, this opportunity's coming up. I want to fight and you know, like, or whatever. And you're, you're training. How did you manage that? And what, what did your physician say? You know, your, your OBGYN saying, oh my gosh, And what was it like your training partners, what was it like to train with them? How do they look at you? They must have. I mean, you got the belly, and you're like, you know? Yeah.
1: You know, this is the first time people actually ask me about that because it kind of uh, ignored the entire pregnancy and, and and birth situation. Just immediately go to, you know, what she she actually went to the cage uh, like six months postpartum, but um, I was actually uh, I wanted to go uh, to the jiu jitsu Europeans. Uh-huh. So I was, pre- I was working towards that goal and uh, we we found out we were expecting a baby and it was already two months in.
0: Oh my and
1: the, the physician actually told me beforehand that like um, my hormonal changes are yeah. very imbalanced. So you probably cannot uh, get pregnant by yourself. So like you cannot, you cannot be a mom without IVF. Mm. So I was like, okay, I, I, I kind of like accepted the fact that I'm not going to be a mom until like. A later stage in my life maybe so when we found out i was pregnant i felt like i didn't know what to expect you know what i mean i mm-hmm. felt like i'm happy but i'm sad because like my career but finally but I, d- I didn't know what to think so i just continued doing whatever i did before except the contact so i didn't do any contact sports i did uh you know hit the heavy bag and pads and uh mm-hmm. i did do a bit jujitsu but mostly flow movement and not lying on my belly Mm-hmm. I was very in control.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, my sparring partners, you know, they're 90%, 99% guys. So like, yeah, they didn't know what to do with me. <laughs> they're like,
0: <laughs> I can imagine.
1: Girl, like th- this is weird. This is awkward. You like your belly's poking at me. Yeah. Um, but I kind of felt like fun, funny about that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I just, I just had to continue. Like, wow. my goal is, it's the same one.
0: That's just totally badass, you know. When I think about that, that's crazy, a pregnant woman training for a fight, <laughs> and delivering <laughs> a baby, and then getting in the cage three months later. I'm like, you know, that's just yeah. Awesome. Th- that's crazy. I know. It's 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 awesome, and then making weight too, you know.
1: Yeah, it's, but that's that's a part of being professional. That's you know, I think making weight for women MMA. It has to be like it has to be spot on. You cannot say I have girly problems. I could not make weight. This is unprofessional. So I did everything I could to make sure that this is not going to happen.
0: Yeah. That's, that's just, that's amazing. I'm like blown away. I'm like, wow. And I I would imagine a lot of people that are close to you and around you must have felt the same way too. And coming out with a win during that time too. I mean, you came out with a win and, and, and to be able to do that, people must, you know, your closest, um, your husband, your, you know, the people that are with you must've been like, damn girl, I'm inspired. You know?
1: Yeah. I think most of them did because they didn't, they didn't understand what I was planning to do because I I was, you know, getting inside the vibe of I'm an MMA fighter. Yeah. I had two amateur fights. Yeah. Yeah. I got pregnant. I'm still an MMA fighter. I still want to fight. I'm the same person I was before that. And my goals are the same. So I think whenever that same moment I said that to my husband, he was like, okay, maybe this is not a hobby. Maybe this is your your path. This is your career. So this is what you should be doing. Wow. So since then, he was like extremely over the top trying to help me out and make sure that he's got my back. Wow. Does he train too? Or
0: does he train in MMA? or is he- No,
1: he's actually not training at MMA. He's training for himself, but not martial arts. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So but he's a big fan. Yeah, I, I, well, he must be, and he's your number one fan. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but that's really amazing that he supported you in such an unconventional um, field, you know, career. Mm-hmm. You, know? you know, and and while you were pregnant too, and and not, you know, uh, you know, was there concern at any point during your pregnancy for, you know, anything, you know, going wrong or. You know, sometimes people have difficulty during their pregnancies. I mean, you obviously had a healthy pregnancy.
1: Well, yeah, I had a very healthy pregnancy, but I did have a small meltdown. I had uh, my dog. Um, we, we found out he got cancer and I was seven months pregnant. Oh,
0: wow.
1: And we had to put him down. And wow. this was like my baby. So I had such a huge meltdown that I started having contractions when I was 30 weeks pregnant. Yeah. So this was the only thing that went wrong. and I stopped training for a while till I gave birth and then uh, it was fine. But yeah, nothing that has to do with training. Wow. That's really, I mean,
0: I mean, I'm sorry about It's all dog. about, That's you stuff. know, being,
1: being in control. Yeah. That's the whole.
0: Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And making sure that you're mentally and emotionally kind of prepared to, to, to be able to, to manage that all together, all yeah. that stuff. And, 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 and some surprises that come in like with your dog. I'm sorry about that. But yeah, yeah it's okay yeah wow that's just that's amazing so what um who or is there anybody that inspired you or motivated you or was this all a self you know professed kind of you know path for you or you know what what
1: inspired you to who inspired you what inspires you I guess is my question
0: either who or I what. had
1: so many different inspirations everywhere I looked like um When it has to do with MMA, I'm not just a professional. I'm a fan. I love MMA. I love watching it. Mm -hmm. I'm always in the loop trying to understand what's going on, who's fighting who, who won, Mm -hmm. how would they won. I'm always continuing to grow as a mixed martial artist. Mm -hmm. So um, there's so many different fighters who I really adore. And I would have to say probably when I felt the most down, I thought DC, Daniel Cormier is like... uh, I said, like, wow, this guy, like,
0: he's yeah. Yeah. something.
1: Yeah. So uh, I had so many different fighters giving me, you know, fuel, fueling my energy. So it's amazing. I also have um, the Gosh brothers. Both of them uh, are training with me, my training partners. And it doesn't matter whenever I needed anybody that were there for me, both of them. Wow. My coach, Ido uh, which actually started – my uh my amateur career and just kind of rock skyrocketed from there so many people just helped me out mm-hmm. really that's awesome that's awesome
0: um so you have this this uh fight with uh cindy coming up and it's in two weeks i think is it two weeks now it's in nine days nine days so yeah yeah less than, less than two you know, you're in the featherweight division, and there there was a lot of um, uh, earlier this year talk and stuff that there isn't really any um, true featherweights out there that are you know about you know fighting or whatever. There, there's not enough for any sort of division, and now there's one. You know, we've got Bellator. You know, you have Julia um, Julia Bud as yeah. featherweight champ, and and then over at, in the UFC, you have, you know, Chris Cyborg and, and, you know, everybody's like looking for an opponent for her. And I know there, there's probably with, with um, Scott Coker and, 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 uh, and, and uh, um, Dana White, there's, you know, like, I mean, Dana bought strike Strikeforce and then dismantled it and created a women's division and kept, you know, kept that with Invicta. So we're seeing a little bit more on, and I, it's, it's been a focus of my, um, I guess my podcast, even a little bit of, you know, trying to help bring attention to the featherweight division. And you're part of that. That's a main interest of mine. And I'm glad Cindy actually, because she's been looking for a fight for a while and Bellator picked her up. And I'm like, it, it's awesome that she has a fight. Now she can, you know, fight.
1: You know what? I, I really res- respect Cindy for that because uh, she was a free agent yeah. And she was looking for a fight in so many different ways. She started shooting all over the place. Yeah. And I kind of jumped on the, you know, proposal. Cause she was like, um, she was saying like, uh, they all sell bullocks. And basically I was one of the, um, the fighters she was talking about. So I was like, Hey, let's go. Yeah. So, uh, she kind of, she got what she wanted. That's awesome. She wanted to fight for a big promotion and she got it. So yeah. I really respect her for, uh, really doing whatever she needs to do in order to, to get where she wants to be.
0: Yeah, that's awesome that that you recognize that because there is, you know, some fights that aren't happening at, out there. N- not not in, you know, so much in Bellator, but in, like, say, the UFC, there's the way that they've been handling. It, and that is kind of like the biggest known one. You know, Bellator, I would say, is the second. And then for women, Invicta's, you know, one that brings women to the stage and they get, you know, some... some yeah exposure, greater exposure than they would otherwise. And um, so it's this kind of like thing that, you know, I'm observing as a fan because I'll watch all, all of them and, and, and seeing, well, there's this great featherweight here and there's other featherweights here and nobody's picking them up. Nobody's picking them up. So it was really great for you to take this fight with, with Cindy Dandois and, and, um, and for Scott Coker, who's always been a supporter. Of women's MMA. He's to me one of the originals. Yeah. You know, like, well, let's yeah, say the original, original, but he is in, in a major American promotion that is, you know, in the in the States, you know, when Strike Force was there, he was really uh, a, a major supporter. And so it's great that you're, 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 you got this fight coming up. What do you think? I'm so like, fortunate about fan, it. As a fan watching the Featherweight division, like, say, you know, I mean, are you a Chris Cyborg fan? <laughs> Of course I am.
1: I, I respect, I respect her so much. Really. Um, I think she's a true icon.
0: Yeah.
1: I think she got to the point where she's in her own league and we can only like strive to get there. Yeah. We will.
0: Yeah. We
1: all will. But she, she's one of a kind. Uh, this division has started growing so much lately. Mm. although you know the, the ultimate fighter most of them are uh bent weights or just yeah, that's... don't feel like cutting so much weight yeah uh but i do recognize a couple of girls that would fight for feather weights i think with no problems yeah yeah
0: do you um do you ever have any um you know right now you're you're a bellator signed you know, sign with them and Bellator likes to keep their fighters where they are. I know Invicta will um, you know, sh- Shannon Knapp will allow her fighters to kind of gain opportunities, which is is um I don't know how good that is for her own promotion, <laughs> you know, in the long run. I get that, you know, you gotta kind of keep your fighters. Um and then the UFC does their thing. And do you have um, any, you know, among all of them, are there any, I mean, right now you have Cindy, but there are any like real dream fights that you would like to have? Like, you know, somebody that you, oh man, I would really love to fight her.
1: You know what? Uh, I'll fight anyone. That's awesome. I really would. Um, I think most of the featherweight division in Bellator is is rocking. Like, I, I want to at that. Yeah. Of course, eventually I want to get to Julia, but I really... Um, I really think that people should just not, you know, jump over their heads. You know what I mean? Like, um, I'm just an up and comer. I'm four and no, I want to get there. Yeah. I want to take my time and get there.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. I want to learn more. I want to be more. Awesome. So one step at a time. That's what you exactly. tell me.
0: <laughs> that's what you tell yeah. me.
1: I have so many names <laughs> to give you right now, but like I, I'll fight anyone really.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you, um, so do you have, um, what are your, your goals for say maybe the
1: next three years personal or, or business wise? First of all, to be Bellator's, uh, featherweight champion, of course, mm-hmm. um, I want to, I want to really make my own brand. Mm-hmm. I want to inspire others the way that they inspired me.
0: Mm.
1: want to be a bit bigger and better. In every way. Hmm.
0: So you want to be your own brand. That sounds yeah. interesting. I like that. Um, How are you thinking about that when, when you say you want to be your own brand? I mean, it'll be the Olga Rubin, and then how do you want to appear? Is it to young, um, you know, small young girls, say maybe in their, you know, adolescent years, elementary school, or do you want teenagers or, or um, you know, college women or do you want to do you want to be a um do you want to inspire men
1: i w- i think like i had so many different um stages of my life uh that i have been through and I-, I think i would like to inspire as many people as i can i think i would like to touch as many people as i can um i had through it all i had anorexia i had drinking problems when i was a teen um i had the uh, major back issues when I was uh, 15. I had uh, two vertebrals, uh, um, slip discs, uh-huh. um, even to young girls and maybe to uh, women who are in their college and they just don't know what to do with themselves or women who has been harassed and they don't know how to um, learn how to defend themselves. Mm. There's so many different ways. I'm actually hosting a, a free seminar in a couple of days in Israel. For all my Facebook friends, uh, female Facebook friends, to just come in and participate and uh, just raise awareness for uh, for women who have been harassed sometime in their life, mm. sexually so, uh, or, or in like, all ways, any ways. What
0: what ways? Um, I mean, I see you know sexual harassment, but I can't think. I'm like <laughs> I'm drawing a blank. But what other ways do you see women being harassed, and how can they can handle that from martial arts? just basically being oppressed,
1: oppressed in the work, um, at home. Maybe they want to say more, but they don't feel they can or their voice is not big enough or uh, they want to speak up, but they can't speak for themselves. Uh, There's so many different ways that we sometimes feel that we're not good enough or we're not cutting out to be like men and uh, just make sure that women understand that everything that says it's okay. Mm-hmm. I had felt like this a lot of times in my life. Mm. So uh, if I can inspire others to not feel like that, I would really be honored. Mm.
0: When you were younger, what did you attribute to, you know, feeling somehow disempowered? Because, was it because you were, did you feel like it was because you were female or was it just the general kind of um, you know, what was going on in wherever you lived, you know, maybe at your school or home environment or what messages were you getting that that left you f- feeling disempowered where you couldn't speak your mind or be yourself?
1: And, you know, where I live, usually men are um, very open, you know, they're very, um, they, they speak their minds they're very loud they are uh, sometimes can be very aggressive in their approach and as a teen i never felt like like i have an option to actually answer back mm. maybe it's just something that i yeah. felt from my environment from the female environment like you know what just let it go just don't don't mess with that yeah so it's just uh this overall feeling that you cannot really speak your mind or you cannot answer back
0: mm.
1: did you feel um
0: fearful of your safety at all like and it doesn't and i don't mean like you know somebody's going to beat you up but somehow that you're you know you're somehow going to be maybe verbally um abused maybe or emotionally abused somehow could be passive aggressive behavior or
1: yeah and and i of course i think all women do yeah I, i don't think i can name even one one woman that I know that hasn't been through anything like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm just identifying it because it's, once you start identifying it and if there are, you know, I think this happens at a very young age. I think we get, there, there's a period of time when we're young girls say maybe zero to seven and we feel okay in our skin you know, and then something shifts and happens, we, we develop breasts, we start to develop breasts or we start to become, you know, turning in from young adolescent girl to, you know, a teen, preteen, you know, uh, prepubescent. And there's a shift and a change and, and boys reactions change towards us. And um, there, you know, there's, there's teasing that happens um, in, in, in elementary school. Uh, and I think those things, then you start to shut down as, as being a girl and you start to feel like, oh, I'm, I'm somehow not good enough because I'm female. And I think culturally, and I, I don't know if that happened. I felt it in, in the U S here when I was in grade school and, and it wasn't just from boys, it was from girls too. And, yeah, and which I
1: could be much much more mean than yes
0: much more damaging too because it 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 stunts your 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 um ability to kind of you know stand up for yourself sometimes especially if it's somebody who's older than you because you're like you've been taught to respect your elders or uh or you know it's a hierarchy kind of thing happening too
1: yeah i think i think in that stage in life uh boys and girls can be really mean Yeah. And uh, sometimes their own insecurities uh, make other people suffer. Mm. And then it just kind of, it's like a snowball. Yeah. Snowballs. kind of snowballs. Yeah. So uh, it's not only US, it's everywhere. It's in Israel, it's in the UK. From what I saw, it's it's everywhere.
0: Mm.
1: Teenagers are mean. The things they say they're mean, of course. Uh, So sometimes you're just not comfortable in your own skin. It's not really necessarily if you're being a girl or a boy. It's just the way it is. Mm. I'm not sure I actually know anybody who's at that stage in life Mm. who's not doing martial arts, actually. Yeah. And is really comfortable in his own skin.
0: Yeah. I know martial arts helped me to get more comfortable in my skin and things came out in me that I didn't know was there. You know, it it definitely empowered me in ways to to verbally express myself, uh, physically express myself in ways that I you know, typically probably wouldn't, I, You know, that's not always the path that everyone needs to take is, you know, martial yeah, of course mm-hmm. and everything, but, but it definitely will help. And I mean, I could see that, you know, if you're doing this seminar uh, with, you know, people that are going to come, you know, to this free seminar, they should totally jump on this because it's such a great opportunity to express yourself and it's fun. I mean, like you, you get to kind of do something that you typically wouldn't do and, exactly. express, and you're like, wow, you start to feel something inside that you're like, what was that in me that allowed me to do that? And it was, it felt actually really crazy good.
1: Right? It does. Exactly. And I'm just planning for a lot of women to show up and just kind of understand that they have to take care of themselves. Yeah. Because sometimes we tend to sh- it, like, shut off all kinds of um, you know, noise around us. It's not necessarily the right thing to do. Yeah. So if a woman just doesn't feel safe in her own skin, she should go and try to work on it. Mm. Oh, definitely, definitely.
0: I, I, mean, I, I can't recommend it enough. I'm right there with you. I'm like, I'm any, any time. And I, I, I have clients that you know, I do an outdoor fitness boot camp, and and they're, they're like, yeah, whenever I do the kickboxing, they kind of like it and they don't like it. And I'm like, you guys, you gotta just jump right in and really kind of do it. And they, they just. And I'm like, oh, you guys have no idea if you really get into it. Because I'll do occasional class here and there for them. But it's just, it's, it's fun. It's really, really fun. So um, do you have a personal habit or a daily routine that nobody, you know, that you, that you do that contributes to your
1: success? Well, I have, when I'm in, uh, in my own house, I have this routine when I wake up with my kid. And uh, we sing a couple of songs. And then we just have our own routine at home before we take him to to daycare. So it's like whenever I'm going to training, I'm already like, um, I'm happy. You know? And when I'm abroad, I actually do the same routine with him via Skype. Uh So it kind of makes me feel sane. Mm -hmm. Makes me feel sane that like whenever whenever I have the opportunity to talk to him on Skype, I would. So we kind of have our own things.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. That's that's really beautiful in, in that you do this kind of happy kind of thing with him and share a moment. You're in the moment with him, obviously. Yeah. And you're doing, you know, you're really there. And so I would say it's being in the moment and, and setting
1: up to bring joy into your life. And that's your joy, right? Yeah. It makes me feel much better. So even when I know I have a really hard training session coming up, I'm like, okay, I have like a five minutes all to myself and my son. So very good. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's so cool. I love it. Um, could you share a story of a time in your journey as a martial artist when you experienced an aha moment, of um, realization?
1: Aha moments. I think after my first amateur fight, I guess. Like, oh, oh this is exactly what I thought it would be. Feels <laughs> amazing. This is what I intend to do. Wow. Um I have so many, actually. I, I'm not quite sure I can name one or two. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. so many aha moments.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: is there a time um, in your journey uh, where you experienced failure? And if so, what did you learn from it?
1: Well, we all experience failure. We can only get the wins and we not only can um, go up, we must come down sometimes just to make sure we understand how to be better. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I had a couple times. It's just you know, mm-hmm. I I didn't, I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I went to the European Jiu Jitsu competition uh, and I failed to bring a medal home. But it's all about what you learn from that. Mm-hmm. I'm actually quite. I'm not a sour loser. I won't go and do a Ronda Rousey stunt. Mm-hmm. Um, if I fail I'm just gonna get better from there mm. just gonna know exactly what I did wrong and I'm such a perfectionist I usually see what I did wrong in order to get it right I'm never happy with any performance so mm-hmm. it's gonna I'm, I'm I'm not I'm okay with failure mm-hmm
0: you know being um, you know a female fighter and the attention that you get um, as a fighter especially when you win um, do you see that, uh, you know, as you gain more recognition from being a fighter and as you're, you know, moving up in the ranks, um, that there'll be some challenges with accepting all that attention and, and receiving, you know, because sometimes it's really good attention. Sometimes it's really, you know, crappy attention, say even online on your Facebook page, people, you know, you get the trolls writing stuff and and, yeah of course and um in dealing with that how how do you see yourself you know you you you, you mentioned Rhonda Rousey and how she kind of dealt with loss and and kind of you know ran away from it and and then you know
1: no, she didn't run away from it she she actually took it so much to heart. I think yeah. the key of being good uh a good professional fighter mm-hmm. is understanding that for example, me as Olga Rubin, a family person and you know, as a person is not Olga Rubin the fighter, so if mm-hmm. I fail as a fighter, I'm not failing as a person. Mm-hmm. You cannot accept this as the same um, the same thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think Rhonda Rousey, the moment she she failed, she actually thought, "Well, Lynn, nobody's going to love me. Why am I without the wins?" And this was her mistake. She mm-hmm. should have like went to a psychologist or something. <laughs> you. you know <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. It's, it's an
1: unhealthy thought. Yeah. So whenever I do fail as a person doesn't necessarily mean I'm failing as a fighter. And whenever I'm failing as a fighter, it doesn't mean anything about me being like a good person. Mm -hmm. So first of all, be a good person. And whatever failure you've got in your professional life, that could be taken care of.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was a great answer. Thank you. I'm glad I dug a little deeper because I love the answer. <laughs> sure. That <was> awesome. <laughs> that was a really good one. I, I respect that and, and being aware of that because some people have, you know, dumped a little bit on her and were disappointed in her. And to see
1: actually that it was just an unhealthy response. She just gave them the, the option to be disappointed in her because I yeah. think, yeah, I think she should be a great person, but it yeah. never has to do anything about like her fighting skills. Yes. Yeah, I
0: don't know. Yeah, and I think uh, we have difficulty as maybe an audience or a fan. Not I'm not saying you or I, but like in general, I'm saying that um, you know, looking at how she handled herself, and, and and people still talk about it. They still, you know, it was. I mean, she was so skyrocketed. You know, like I mean, she skyrocketed. She she was globally pretty much known. I mean, she was on every every source of media. Um, Yeah, there. And she was bigger than the sports. Exactly. But it's
1: all about the way you handle things. Can I give you an example? Uh, You know who Justine Keish is? I actually don't. I think uh, she she's a yeah she she's a UFC fighter. She won to the I don't think I've seen her fight Ultimate Fighter. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't remember what season she was in, but she she's a uh, straw weight. She a it, so um she had this fight with uh, Felice Herrig. yeah, and Felice started strangling her so hard, and this girl kind of pooped herself in the middle of the octagon. I think she could have like had the worst outcome in her career ever, but her her thing is that she wrote on Twitter the next day, shit happens you know it's only the I way remember like remember this now, I you deal with things yeah. it's yeah. all about. You know, you had a failure, you did something wrong. Just like grow up from this. Right. Yeah. So, and yeah, and she made it funny. She
0: kind of made it like funny instead of like somebody else like talking poorly or badly or, you know, ridiculing her, hum, you know, humiliating her. She owns, there is
1: no but humiliating.
0: It's her, it's her, yeah, I know, but it's out of, it's out of there, you know, stuff like that. When that happens, it's out of your control and it's, it's a natural kind of, you know, that's going to happen, you know, that, that but exactly. But she, she could have
1: right? just, you know, climb under a rock. I don't know why. And just yeah. say, I'm not going to fight again. I I, yeah, I might heal, is- kill myself or anything like that. Yeah. But she's like a, that, that, that's an awesome way to deal with the, with the failure.
0: Yes. That's an excellent way to deal with fail, failure. Wow. I, you know, like I, I haven't heard anybody talk about that. And I, I, now that you mention it, I was like, I remember it, but see how quickly two people forget. Exactly. I, I you know, cause I'm like, who oh, is she? What happened? I didn't even like, and, I, and then when you started telling me the story, I was like, Oh, I remember the story, but I didn't remember it was her.
1: You know, exactly. Yeah. She was just exactly. brushed it off.
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, people don't necessarily remember everything that happens to you. You can't, you gotta, you gotta detach from the ego. <laughs> yeah. Detach from the ego. And yeah. yeah. sure. Wow. That's very, that, that was a, actually a great story to, to, um, point out. I like that. Um, who, let's see, who would you say has played a meaningful role in your life's journey, the entirety of your life and influenced you in a positive way, and I think we we answered this earlier. But um, you know, I have so many people. Yeah, so I have more people. You mentioned your teammates and in, in the Gosh brothers, and and they keep your your morale up. Um, you know, and what what? How do they do that? What were the meltdowns that you
1: had that they helped you? You know, keep you there. I had so many meltdowns. Uh, because I am a female fighter and I'm working with guys, and ninety percent of the guys i'm working with are um welter and above, so mm-hmm. sometimes I cannot disattach my failure inside the training facility as something like this would not happen with somebody lighter or um a female mm-hmm. so i'm i'm so i'm such a perfectionist, I need to make sure that I make things happen right so mm-hmm. sometimes you just me back into like um perspective Mm -hmm. and accept that like they're really good friends of mine so uh when we're not training we're always together Mm -hmm.
0: that's cool so um i i had a thought about like um when you are training and you're you're learning you're in these high intense situations sometimes during your training especially during fight camp um, I know like at the gyms that, you know, I used to go to, uh, you know, they would have like, you know, the shark tank where, you know, you're in there and they, <laughs> one, one fresh opponent
1: after another. In Israel, we call like, it a bit different. Yeah. What do you, what do you do? In Israel, we call, we call it a um, <laughs> whore tank.
0: yeah. Oh no. Cause usually you're lying on
1: your back, you know, yeah, while well, uh, people are, like keep, yeah, Scroll with you.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. But um, how do you relate that type of training, that mentality, and what is happening in there? How do you relate it to, you know, your everyday life, like things that occur in your everyday life, and how do you use that to... You know, to get through trials and tribulations, you know, like, you know, balancing your checkbook or, you know, when your kid's sick and, you know, you're ready to pull your hair out because, you know, they can't be satisfied somehow and you haven't gotten any sleep or <laughs> whatever, you know, whatever it is. How do, you, how do you manage that and how do you see, you know, in
1: martial arts, your training help with that? Um, again, I, I think when we're speaking about such high intensity trainings, I usually disattach my personal life with with my work mm-hmm. i'm actually doing that quite well I, i'm okay on the mat i have my mat problems right but the moment i need to like go back to reality i'm f- completely fine with it and it actually makes me quite more calm as a person so i'm not i'm not gonna yell on my accountant right mm-hmm. just gonna have more patience to explain things and i'm more patient with my kid. Uh, cause I have such uh, you know, intense workouts, but I think it's just about the adrenaline. So when ad- the adrenaline comes down, it takes away this, uh, shark tank sensation.
0: Right. Right. Wow. Adrenaline is, is, is definitely when you, when you get in the cage, um, do you still have that adrenaline kind of? Oh um, yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah um some some of the fighters that i've interviewed we've talked spoken about fear and um uh they they typically some of them have said you know that just beforehand and how they handle fear before getting in the cage but um what is your greatest challenge Ben, when when dealing with fear and and how do you overcome it
1: well usually when um when i get this uh fear i would not necessarily say fear i'd say I'm hesitant mm-hmm. or hazardous, you know? I'm sometimes like, um, just before a fight, when I'm just behind the stage, I feel like maybe I won't perform well. And maybe I'll, you know, there's so many different things that this little devil can say, you know, on the side of the yeah. of the ear. Yeah. And 90% of the things will, will be, you're not good enough. Uh, you're not pre- prepared enough. You didn't do everything you could and i just usually try to answer back (laughs) i know it sounds really freakishly weird
0: no it doesn't because i think uh, all of us
1: uh, but yeah i i just do it like out loud i just say no you actually prepared well enough because you've done all your training sessions and you've done uh this and that then like you're not good enough Mm, yeah you are you're good enough and then like uh what, what happens if you get knocked out? Like, yeah, you probably just, you know, shit happens and we'll continue yeah. going on. So like tr- I'm trying to just answer back on any question I have in mind, basically. And if, if I hear that, you know, I, I'm fine, I'm, I'm okay. Then I'm good to go. Yeah. Yeah. That whole um uh,
0: thought pattern of not being enough, I think is the biggest, one of the biggest problems people have um, with, um, a lack of self esteem or self empowerment. Um, and they have to develop that self esteem and do that through that mental talk. Yes, I did this. And, and actually, um, praise yourself, edify yourself in, in a way that, yeah, I am good enough. And I did do good enough. I did put the work in, I did do this. So I am ready. And, and if I'm not, well, I'm going to learn something
1: in the process. And, and exactly that's the only way to do what we do like yeah if every time i i just let the demons continue talking and uh i, I would probably w- wouldn't be where i am because I, I i think i have those every day like i'm getting up i need to go to training no you probably shouldn't go to training you don't feel so well or your nose is slightly constipated it's <laughs> just you know there there's always this annoying voice that will tell you that you're not good enough or you're not doing something right and just you have to make sure it disappears yeah. otherwise getting inside a cage with a, another hungry female wants to like get your head like right bash it. On. yeah you, you just can't do it yeah
0: that's amazing it's you know i mean i I everyone deals with with that annoying little voice in our heads that somehow undermines us, saboteur or whatever you want—a little devil, little, little you know, whatever, little pitchfork spike in your its ego. Exactly. That that's not just about sports. It's every everybody on an everyday mm-hmm. basis. Yeah, and I think um, when 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 you see that in yourself. It, it enables you to be a little bit, um, well, it, you have to be kind to yourself in the process. It's like, yeah, I, you know, like I'm, I am doing this, but like too, and then recognize that even in others that they're struggling on in some way, shape or form. Um, so have you been teaching like martial arts now?
1: Is it, you know, like, have you been doing that on a regular basis? Um, I'm coaching sometimes, uh, not on a regular basis because I'm, I'm, a really, took the dive into my mma career so i'm like mm-hmm. in the stage i'm training like crazy and i'm doing everything i can to make sure that i'm better every fight i'm really giving this thing a go like completely mm. so uh i am coaching but not on a regular basis I have a fight camps and abroad mm. that sounds awesome um, what are three uh,
0: things that you do that are essential to your success in leading an empowered life, like just the, the whole gamut of your life where you really feel empowered? What are three things that you really think are important and that you do on a regular basis?
1: I just believe in myself. Mm-hmm. I have a really good support, a really good support. My entire family supports me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I'm just. I'm overall very fortunate, I'm very um, very driven. Mm. I'd say just really good appetite for whatever you have to do.
0: Yeah yeah. It says here that you you, you really try to find solutions um, to your problems instead of
1: having them control yeah. you. Yeah. Um, actually, yeah. the same thing that I said before, like yeah. whenever I feel I have a problem, I'm trying to solve it immediately instead of, um, trying to, you know, let it sink in and be overwhelmed with problems. Mm. I'm trying to make sure I have solutions.
0: How, how do you figure out the solution to the problem? Like, do you have like a, a kind of a, a method in your, in your head that, okay, I'm going to do this first and this second, or I'm going to look at it a certain way that, you know, I'm going to flip it on its head and look at it a certain way, this problem and see how I can attack it. Or do you just kind of resist it or, or do you, you know, just kind of step back and I know you said you detach, but is there anything else that you kind of do?
1: No, I'm just stepping back and trying to see in the more objective eye, mm-hmm. I'd say,
0: Hmm.
1: um, but mostly it has to do with everything that, uh, it's going with me on the mat, on the training, uh, with food, cutting weight. I won't say like problems I have in the personal life or whatever, but when it has to do with my profession, I try making like finding solutions for every problem, like, wait, and if you have an option to do that, would you really do that? And then I'm trying to like find a solution for that. Um, can you
0: share a story where you felt maybe inadequate or you were told no, because you were a woman and how you handled that? You know, I
1: have so many stories, <laughs> <laughs> you know, as a woman, you always, uh, you always have the sensation that men in the room would say, you're not good enough. That's just the way it is. So when I started doing MMA, um, I remember that my coaches were like looking at me slightly like different than the guys because like okay she's a hot girl maybe she could just like you know I don't know be a be a fitness model maybe she could be like I don't know whatever mm-hmm. just go do just jujitsu or whatever like they couldn't really accept the fact that I'm really hungry for this profession. Yeah. And necessarily that profession. Like why why would she, why should you do MA? Yeah, why would you want why? to mess up your pretty face? <laughs> exactly. Aren't you afraid that your nose is gonna get broken? Yeah, it did like a couple of times. Come on, like doesn't make me feel less uh less of a woman, less pretty. Mm. Just doesn't you cannot explain it to men.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, unfortunately.
0: You're, yeah, you're very photogenic. I I you actually
1: have this uh, is it
0: a hobby don't you like um because some of the the styles of photographs that you've had taken they (laughs) replicate kind of like old style movies and and uh they look really i mean i love them i was you know i was like oh my god there's another girl oh my god she's so photogenic i love it i I studied (laughs) photography a little bit when i was in college that's nice mine so and, and I used to take pictures of, of, um, I, I, I just, I used to take pic- a lot of pictures I get in the dark room and stuff. So when you were, d- your photographs are like my stuff, that's how I would like want to photograph people. And so it was, that is like, so awesome. Gosh! Wow. This is so <laughs> cool. So what, what's the, like, do you like the old movies or what's kind of the, 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 the interest in that?
1: Not necessarily, but the movies, I just really like expressing myself in front of the camera. Mm. I'm, I'm, I did try like pursuing a model career before I started doing MMA, Mm -hmm. but instead of that working out, I actually gained muscles when they sent me to the gym to like lose some weight. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but it always kind of sticked in. Like I really like expressing myself in front of the camera. So sometimes I just feel goofy and I want to do something silly, like yell or whatever. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I really want to, you know, kind of old Hollywood glamour. Mm -hmm. It just depends on the day. Mm -hmm
0: well it'd be great for your brand um that, that you are photogenic for sure do you feel comfortable um in you know video camera like uh explaining things talking teaching any of that
1: yeah i feel fine
0: yeah yeah well i think it's a, it's more natural for um the younger younger generation to be really comfortable in front
1: of you know their iphone <laughs> and filming yeah it. yeah you guys grow up you know my mom my mom is really really funny that way because um i think she's the most natural woman i know but suddenly whenever she gets in front of the camera she's like you know something like doesn't click yeah so she's like always i just watched your interview how come you're like so natural how do you do this i'm like i just comes natural to me i don't feel like i'm um not trying to make something i'm not you know right right
0: yeah, those, the, the, your pictures are fun to watch. I can't wait to see more of them. <laughs> Thank if, you. Know, show you in action in the cage. That'll be great too. Um, you know, getting, getting those photographs too. I, who, who does, do you know if anybody like notable, like is, is the photographer Bella, for, for Bellator?
1: Yeah, the, the Bellator photographer, he always uh, photographs all the, the events. His name is Lucas Noonan. I think, he, he, yeah, he was here last year and yeah. I think two years back yeah yeah so that'll be a really good photographer yeah he makes every woman look really 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 pretty (laughs) (laughs) hope he's watching it yeah make sure you make me pretty (laughs) that's all
0: that matters is there (laughs) like like i mean your hair's short now right it's short yeah yeah Yeah, so will you be like tying it back in any sort of way like just for your bangs so they're not in you know like they don't get in the way or will you be doing it in any special way I mean, I, love-
1: I, th- I think I might uh, cart it a bit shorter, like make sure the bangs is not inside my eyes. Yeah. Uh, I actually have an appointment tomorrow afternoon. Maybe I can get it fixed.
0: Yeah. It looks but really-
1: we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Like, I feel comfortable having short hair right now.
0: Yeah, it looks really cute. It's, it, you, you, you can wear it well, long, short, everything. <laughs> yeah, I love it very good so listen do you have um any shout outs to any sponsors or any any kind of like little last infomercial of where people can see you reach you like on facebook or anything like that if they want to learn more about you
1: yeah sure first of all uh hit up olga rubin mma on instagram that would be nice if you follow me even better mm-hmm. um i want to shout out to my manager and coach brad one punch Pickett. In the uh, one-punch management with the uh, uh and Fight TLV for uh, for sponsoring me uh, a lot during this camp and the last one, uh, my coach Idopriente in Israel, and basically all of my teammates. I have so many, so many coaches and teammates I need to like thank. So they'll get the thanks later. <laughs> and then a little about your up and come fight. <laughs> yeah! Oh my God, I have a couple. <laughs> you see what's I, I going really on you see I know. too I much to things in it. the head but. yeah i'm fighting uh on bellator 209 card uh i'm fighting cindy dandwa uh this is going to be a very exciting fight we're gonna leave everything inside the cage and may the best woman win
0: awesome so that's november 15th bellator it's a thursday night right is it thursday night it's a
1: thursday night
0: yeah yeah so and that that's uh publicized on i I, do you know what station
1: it's on or it's it's paramount it should be um is it fox or spike or what is it uh it's paramount they they stopped working with spike okay i think it should be aired on friday the next day
0: Okay, because that's the confusing part. So you guys will be fighting, all right, it'll be Thursday, probably yours, but then back here in the States it will probably be on Friday?
1: Is that right? No, it should be Thursday noon, like for you guys. Oh, maybe that's... But it, it's going to be aired the next day.
0: Okay, because it, it, it's in Israel, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Okay, so that's the confusion. I, I'll have to look that up and figure out when when that actually is going to be aired here. Because uh, that that always messes things up. Because I was like, it's on Thursday. I thought
1: they usually had their fights on Friday. So I don't know exactly. But because of religious reasons, they cannot host it in uh, on Fridays in Tel Aviv. because ah. most of the religious people cannot attend the show. So, so that's why. Oh well, that's a bit mm-hmm. of
0: like information I wouldn't have known, and nobody back here probably would have known. So that's cool. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's sure. Hard. That's really awesome. Well, I want to thank you so much, Volga, for being on the show and taking the time. Sally, thanks for having me. Oh, this is Uh, awesome. I'm so glad to know you. I can't wait to see you and Cindy, you know, go at it. I I love Cindy. I love you. And I'm like, I can't wait to see you guys just, you know, bang it Exactly. That's going to be awesome. So thank you so much. Good luck with your fight camp. And um, hopefully we can get you on the show again, too. I would love it. Awesome. Thank you so much. So that was awesome. That was with um, Olga Rubin who's who's got an upcoming fight. And I'll say it again, Bellator 209 on November 15th, not sure of the time yet. But um wow what an inspiration she is. Uh has been through a, a lot as a young adult and kind of found her career path. And I think she'll be a great inspiration for young women and young guys coming up that are struggling, you know, whenever they are. Themselves. So if you like what you heard today and are eager to hear more, remember to subscribe or download on iTunes and help our ratings out by giving us an awesome review. You can also find us on Spotify at Evolve Women's MMA, or you can sign up on our blog at EvolveWMMA.com and get updates on upcoming guests and the latest Evolve WMMA episodes. Or you, if you prefer to watch us, you can see us on YouTube at Women's MMA. So show your support by making a pledge too on Patreon. That would be great too and help support this podcast. Or you simply can follow us at facebook.com backslash I love WMA. This is Shelly Devine. Thanks for listening.